Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to today's podcast of Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Today, Chef Felix Napoli shares his signature recipe pan roasted sea bass with red beet risotto, wilted baby Bloomsdale spinach, and carrot orange reduction. Felix also gives his dessert recommendation to go with this amazing dish, and I assist in sharing a recipe for the chocolate molten cake. All right, Chef Felix, thank you so much for offering to share with our audience your signature dish today. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share uh, one of the secret recipes. It's going to be a pan roasted sea bass with uh, red beet risotto, uh, wilted baby spinach with Bloomsdale spinach, and carrot orange reduction with a little bit of ginger in it. So it's um, it's a dish I, you know, I always um, take it to every uh, hotel I work with in Hyatt. It is my uh, currently I'm on my eighth Hyatt. And almost every hotel I've taken it or, uh, you know, produced it, it's always got rave reviews. Uh, it's very simple. Um, sea bass is easily available. Uh, and in the market, it's pretty, uh, you know, there's a low-end chili, uh, you know, low-end sea bass to a high expensive ones, which is the fancier Chilean sea bass. Um, in in our hotel industry, you know, we have the privilege of using fancier Chilean sea bass, even though it's, it's somewhere around, you know, $18, $20 a pound. So it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So going on to the dish, the, the uh, reason, the history behind it is because of my training in Italian and French cuisine. Um, I felt, you know, this is something I can really do with uh, using, uh, you know, both, uh, both the cuisines, you know, kind of marrying them or fusion. Um, the ingredients you need is, again, you know, sea bass, local sea bass or a, uh, Chilean sea bass, seven, you know, six, seven ounce portions, more than enough. Uh, we need red beets, um, which is easily available in any uh, produce. Uh, you roast them a day ahead and use them the next day. You dice them up or you can just boil them with the skin and then you, you know, just use the water you get on the risotto that use it as a stock. Um, other than that, you need carrot juice, which is easily available in the stores as well. Uh, pericon makes uh, carrot juice, or you can just take fresh carrots and just boil it in orange juice and puree it, and you can use this as a sauce. Um, mm-hmm. As I mentioned, spinach, you know, Bloomsdale spinach is very hearty. Uh, when you saute them, they don't wilt very easily, so that's why, you know, we use Bloomsdale spinach. And it gives out, a, you know, a better flavor than regular baby spinach. Uh, but if you don't have one, you can use regular baby spinach. It's no big deal. When you do roasting versus boiling, what temperature would you bake it at when you roast them? I would break it at around 320, uh, 320 to 350 for about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Uh, They come out great. Uh, And then you don't need to foil them. You don't need to uh, wrap them up. We just, you know, if you have a foil, you can put them in there and put them in a pan and, you know, do like six, eight of them at a time. Mm -hmm. And you can peel them, cut them up and store them in the freezer. They last you for a long time. You know, you can use them whenever you make the risotto. Uh, you know, so it's it's not you know very hard to you know do beets, but I would recommend really uh, you know roast them because you can store them. If you boil them, you can use the stock. I and I love the stock part because you you just add a little bit of you know chicken stock to that. Uh, you know the red. You know you get the red color from the beets. Oh, uh, but even if you roast them, if you um, you know do it in a risotto, they do uh, you know the beets do give out color too. So 
is basically a red, uh, you know, it gives out that red crimson uh, dye to the risotto. So it's just really nice. And nice, better. nice. And then, and then with the carrot uh, orange uh, that you juice that you're using. So do you do, talk about the reduction and what percent of orange juice to carrot juice do you use? Yeah, I, um, you know, I recommend, you know, three parts of carrot juice to one part orange juice. You don't want too much sugar. Um, and if you can squeeze fresh orange juice, it's better. Um, again, you know, it's a reduction of that. And uh, the key ingredient is the ginger. You know, a lot of people use fresh ginger. I use uh, sushi ginger, um, which is kind of gives you that unique, um, you know, uh, flavor than the regular ginger because regular ginger can be very hard on a palate, uh, especially in this country. I think people are not used to, you know, having ginger, you know, as itself because it's kind of, uh, you know, hard on your tongue and it's it's pretty spicy. So uh, people love, you know, sushi ginger. So I use sushi ginger in the reduction. So it give, kind of gives it a mild as well as the, uh, the slight sweet taste to the dish. You can do the red beets the day before. Yeah, you can uh, the juice the uh, reduction. Would you do that same day, or could you do that the day before as well? No, I would do the same day. When okay. you boil the beets, you can do it the same day. Okay. Um, so you can you know you can boil it with the skin, or you can peel them off and then dice them up, and you know boil them in chicken stock if you want, and so that you can use that as a stock for your risotto. Yeah, but what about the car the carrot juice and orange juice? Would you make that the day before and have it in the refrigerator, or would you? Make yeah, that? you can do that. But like I said, mentioned, if you buy carrot juice, is better, uh, is easier. Uh, but if you if you don't, uh, you know, find them in the store, uh, what I do is I, I peel carrots and I cut them up and boil them in the orange juice. So all you have to do is you know take that and blend them in the with the orange juice and the ginger. Only all you do is put it blend it in the uh, blender, and all you get is a beautiful sauce. Yeah. So, Chef Felix, the uh, Bloomsdale spinach that you prepare, how do you do that? Yeah, it's, it's very simple. You know, you just clean them up, wash them a couple of times. Uh, you just throw some garlic, some shallot and in a hot pan and you throw the uh, spinach in there uh, in a hot pan and just turn them around a little bit. You can sprinkle a little white wine if you like. Uh, otherwise, it just cooks by itself. It wilts by itself. You don't want it completely wilted. So what do you basically do is uh, put a bit of risotto. Uh, you add the spinach, the sort of spinach on top, and then you put this pan-seared sea bass, uh, which I use, uh, like I mentioned, the French aspect of it is I use a little seasoning like salt, pepper, a little paprika, and fennel pollen. Fennel pollen is very French, um, and we use that, and then we sear them on a very hot pan. Um, we sear them, we you know, flip them a couple of times and then finish them off in the oven for about 10 minutes uh, at 325. It comes out beautiful. Um, you just place that on top of the spinach. Uh, you make the reduction. Uh, you coat a little bit of the sauce on the on the on the sea bass, and then you go around the risotto. The sauce, you know, gives a good um, finish to the whole dish because uh, then you have the crimson red beets. Uh, you have the green spinach. You have the pan sear, which is like kind of golden brown sea bath and a nice, uh, you know, red, um, like an orange red carrot reduction. That sounds amazing. So now, Chef, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, okay? So you just described a beautiful, beautiful dish, but now you are in my house and we're going to make dinner for some friends coming over because I want everybody that's listening to get a real clear picture on how to make this. So I'm in the kitchen right now. You're standing next to me and you 
you'll say, yeah, did you get the, I got everything for you. I got the sea bass. I've got the carrots and the orange juice. I have the uh, red beets. I've got the, the spinach ready to go. And now I'm sitting next to you. And what's the first thing you want me to do? You say, Patrick, grab this, grab a pan. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, I would, uh, you know, first thing I would say is, uh, you know, get a pan and get it hot <laughs> because, uh, you know, you need a pan, very hot pan for the sea bass because sea bass is a very delicate fish and you don't want to boil them or you don't want to stew them. You just want to sear them so quick and that sears the juices in there for twice uh, on both sides and then you finish it in the oven for 10 minutes. You know, you, sometimes you don't even need to do that in the oven. We can just yeah. do it on the on the pan, you know, but just, you know, glazing it with little you know the juices and the butter and you know you can just get it going yeah it's it's a it's a beautiful thing but i guess again you know it, it's a system you need to have to you know right from the red beets you know you need to prep that you know it's called misam plus if you don't have that but here's the thing see i listened to you earlier and i have those red beets already prepped they were sitting they're all ready to go i've got that okay i've got the juice ready to go uh we just need to, to do the fish we need to do the risotto. I don't know if everybody's made a risotto before, so maybe help walk me through a risotto. Great, okay, that's awesome. It, the great, uh, the best rice uh, to use for risotto is the arborio rice, arborio rice, uh, which is uh, an Italian rice with small grain and highly glutinous. Um, so, you know, it's got that uh, thing to finish as well as uh, gives you that nice mouthfeel as well as, you know, keeping it, the grain separate. Uh, it won't get mushy, and even if you slightly overcook it. Um, so the risotto, the basic is, you know, you saute the risotto uh, rice in, in oil or butter. I uh, use olive oil and butter combination. Um, then you, you know, once you saute that, then you add the garlic and the shallot. You don't have to add the garlic and the shallot first. You add the rice first so that you kind of coat the rice with the oil, olive oil and the butter. Um, then you have this stock, which I mentioned earlier, um, with the red beet and chicken. You can put chicken base, vegetable base, whatever you know you it suits you. And uh, you know you keep it very hot. And you keep adding um, the stock to the rice uh, slowly. You don't add it all together. Um, so you add it by little by little, and then you finish it off with Parmesan cheese, little butter. Um, you can use a little bit of mascarpone cheese if you want. You know more richer. Uh, risotto, but uh, you know, Parmesan cheese is cold, uh, I think. And then you finish it off with a little bit of oil um, to give you that nice shine and you know, the nice you know, finish. Uh, so that risotto is amazing. Yeah, risotto is, uh, is a fun thing. Uh, a lot of you know, people think it's hard. Um, the, the secret is uh, making sure that your stock is hot and you know, adding it by little by little and cooking it. It takes time to do a risotto. Uh, you know, you can just cook like any other steamed rice where you just put them in the steamer and forget about it for 45 minutes. And then, uh, so then we have that ready to go. We have this, and then the spinach you're going to saute. What do you mean go over the spinach saute? Yeah, that's what I say. It's like garlic salad and spinach, salt, pepper. And if you want a dash of wine, you can throw it in there. But if you don't want it, you just saute it in a risotto you got, the spinach you got. The sauce is easy. You got the carrot juice. You got the... Um, you know, orange juice, uh, you know, you get, and you have the ginger, sushi ginger or regular ginger is fine. You boil them all together, reduce it, add a touch of butter uh, to finish the emulsification. Otherwise, you know, it'll be like very 
watery or, you know, it'll be very thin. So you finish it off with the butter, it's kind of like an emulsify with butter and you finish the dish with uh, the sea bass. You know, the, I would do the, like I said, you know, the, the, uh, the steps will be risotto first, then the spinach, uh, you, then the spinach, then you finish the sauce with the butter. Mm-hmm. And you put the sea bass on right on top. Yeah, mm, that sounds amazing. Now, have you ever made this for a banquet? No, that's the uh, uniqueness of this dish. You know, I've done it for so many weddings and banquets because you know weddings they love that color. You know, they love. You know, they it's uh, weddings usually they use a lot of pictures and and a number of weddings. And when I was in Newport Beach, I've seen it on wedding pictures. The dish because people are eating them and they just take a picture for you know the dish alone. It's a very, a very like I said, if you use a, a fish like Chilean sea bass, it can hold very well. Um, you don't have to worry about getting dry or overcooked um, because Chilean sea bass holds very well uh, for a while, even if there is a delay in dinner service. Well, you know, that sounds amazing. And I would like to post uh, your recipe. So I'll go over this maybe with you later. So when this goes on on Tuesday, uh, to be able to access your recipe as well. But another thing I'd like to ask you is, I want to make dessert for you f- that matches with this uh, with this meal. So what dessert would you like me to make? Oh, that's a good one, Patrick. You're an amazing pastry chef, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I can challenge you on that. I can challenge you on that. I, it'll be fun. I know. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would do, you know, a chocolate molten cake. I will... I will make that, and I'm going to, um, after the, this, we're done here, I'm going to go ahead and, and do a recording on dessert, and also I'll post uh, a recipe for it as well. That's awesome, yeah, because, uh, you know, chocolate is something, you know, people love, uh, and I think, uh, you know, the lightness of the molten, um, you know, and the ice cream, you know, it kind of you know, complements the you know the light. You know the lightness of the fish. Chocolate is not bad. You know, I, I wouldn't recommend another fruity dessert uh, for the reason, sole reason being that the sauce is made with carrot and orange juice, um, and I wouldn't recommend anything vanilla because it's too um, too plain to go with the you know the dish like that. Okay, Chef Felix, here we go. Time to make the chocolate molten cake that you requested for your wonderful sea bass dinner. So uh, let's start with this. I'm in the kitchen here and the things I want to get out and get ready to go, it's going to be two medium-sized bowls, a wire whisk, uh, probably a plastic scraper, um, spatula type, and you need four six-ounce ramekins for this recipe. I like to prep everything, get everything ready. I think the first thing I would do is take the ramekins and get some softened butter. You can use a pastry brush or use your fingers and just kind of on the inside of the ramekin, spread it around a little bit, uh, get it in there nice and coated, and then take some flour and just pop a little flour in there and kind of fluff it around a bit so it makes sure it coats the whole inside on the sides and on the bottom, and then tap that ramekin out onto a table or a board to make sure you have all the excess flour out. And then it's ready to go. Put it aside. So on the ingredients that you need to make this uh, chocolate molten cake, six ounces of good bittersweet chocolate, okay? Now you want to have that chopped up, ready to go. Also one stick of unsalted room temperature butter. It's important that the ingredients when you use in uh, baking, typically you want them to be room temperature. Also two whole eggs and two egg yolks that are, again, room temperature. Plus you'll need one quarter cup sugar, a pinch of salt, 
and two teaspoons of all-purpose flour. So let's go. Let's get ready to do this. First thing I always do is I go in the kitchen. Here I am. I'm going to set the oven at 450 degrees to preheat it so it's nice and hot. I'll add the six ounces of bittersweet chocolate into the bowl. Get it over simmering water in a pot. That's our double boiler. If you're not comfortable using a double boiler, you can always do this in the microwave. And just when you put the chocolate in the microwave and the butter, then you can pulse it until you come out uh, to what we're looking for. So you have the bowl on top of the simmery water with the semi-sweet chocolate. Add the softened one-stick butter. That's about, what is that, four ounces of butter. And start uh, mixing it slightly to get it going. And then set it aside. Let it go. Let it get hot. In the meantime, you want to take your uh, the other bowl, preferably a mixing bowl if you have a stand mixer. But if not, just a mixing bowl and a wire whisk. And you're going to put the uh, eggs, the two eggs and the two egg yolks in this mixer. And you're going to, uh, you want to grab the uh, one quarter cup of the sugar, place it in, and then start whipping that together. You want to continue to whip it until it gets to be light and creamy and it melts the sugar really well. And you have kind of what they call a ribbon uh, in the pastry world. You have a nice kind of a thickness to it. So you've got that going. You're, it's nice and creamy. You want to take the chocolate, take it off the heat, put it in that bowl next to this bowl. And then uh, let it sit, the chocolate set, for a few moments. And then in the meantime, take your two teaspoons of flour and use your wire whisk and whisk that into the egg mixture. Okay, and then your, uh, you can put the pinch of salt in there too. And then carefully with the chocolate that's been maybe cooling just slightly, get it, it's going to be very liquidy, chocolate butter mixture. Get a spatula and in a stream, start pouring it into the eggs as you mix the eggs. You want to go fairly slowly because if the chocolate's a bit hot, you don't want it to hit the egg and just all of a sudden have you know too much heat in one spot. So mix it up a little bit till it's nice and smooth and it's evenly mixed. Now get your ramekins, which have been buttered lightly and floured, and pour the chocolate butter egg mixture into each ramekin. Place these ramekins onto a cookie sheet pan, and then you want to place them in the oven uh, for six to eight minutes, and we'll, we'll tell you how to check on them as they're being baked. And then uh, here we go. So after about six minutes, you can open the oven and just kind of look at the cake and see what it feels like. You want to touch the outside rim uh, area of the cake and see if it's baked. You know, you can feel that it's gotten firm. However, the middle, you still want to be kind of wobbly and somewhat liquidy. You might need eight minutes on these, but let's say six to eight minutes. So after baked, you can take them out of the oven carefully and then get your serving plate. You'll have four of them because there's four of these desserts and you have them ready to go. After letting the chocolate molten cake rest for about one minute in the ramekin, place one of the plates on top using a towel so you don't burn yourself uh, and then invert it, flip it, and then carefully with the towel, hold on to the ramekin and pull it off the cake. And the cake is pretty much it's ready right there. Now, you can go ahead and you can take some a little bit of powdered sugar and dust it if you'd like for kind of a white contrast on the dark chocolate. You can put berries on the side. What uh, I think is really popular and I think what uh, Chef Felix would like to see is maybe a scoop of a good quality vanilla bean ice cream on the plate right next to that uh, beautiful uh, cake, chocolate molten cake. And then take a spoon, cut into it, and you'll see this oozing chocolate start to come out onto the plate. And enjoy. Bon appetit. Go to my Instagram account, at Patrick Honeywell, to see photos of Chef Felix's main course dish and also this dessert that we just discussed. Thank you very much. Have a great day.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.